We could do this. We can we can ruin it. Unconstrained. Mm. Somewhat constrained. Unconstrained. Ruination live unchained. You guys ready to ruin it? Um yeah. Alright. Are we ready? Are we doing it? Yeah. Are we yes. ruin it? Video games. Welcome to the Idle Thumbs Ruination Online for September 2017, just in time for September 2017. Mm. Uh, for Idle Thumbs, I'm Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. I'm Jake Rodkin. Hey, guys. Hi. Hey. How's it going? Oh. Pretty all right. Okay. Shall we ruin it? This is the stream <laughs> on good. which we answer questions posed to us by high-tier Patreon patrons. At our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash idle thumbs. How many times do they say the word Patreon in one sentence? A lot. Patreon. Uh, so we have a couple Patreon. dozen questions. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was ruining <laughs> it. Somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and should we just get going? Should we just Let's do it. dip right in? Well, let's let's, let's dip in oh, yeah. to these questions. Dip uh-huh. in. Dunk it. <clears throat> Dunk it in the ruination bucket. Oh, you're just like ruination butter. <laughs> Even better, the ruination the butter, butter bucket. bucket. <laughs> churn it, dunk, churn it. Churn. We're just gonna churn this ruination butter bucket right along. Put your body in it. <laughs> we'll slather it. <laughs> Schmear it. All right. Okay. Taste Grim. it. That afterwards. Oh no, <laughs> that's what you don't want to do. <laughs> Well, it's what you don't want to do unless you're on the Idle Thumbs Ruination mm. Online. In which case, Graham Thomas asks, if you were to be replaced by an AI android intending to assume your identity without alerting those around you, what behavior of yours would the AI immediately engage in to prevent suspicion in your friends and family? Asking for a totally human friend who's definitely not a robot. This is like uh, Spy Party. It's like Chris Hecker's video game Spy Party. Yeah. It was so sort of the I- opposite, though. In Spy Party, you're a, pers- a human who is trying to look like a computer NPC right so that you don't get shot yeah. yeah but in this case you're an Android trying to act like a specific human so you don't get identified mm. what are the things you do what are what are our defining characteristics that an AI would impersonate I know the more I think about it the more I think man it'd be really easy <laughs> Yeah. Why? What would you do? Oh, hold on. Wake up and sit in front of a computer for four hours. <laughs> oh, sure. You know, like hmm, I probably think my AI would just be like a really generous uh, sort of friend uh, and supportive, yeah. you know, person to everyone around them. I think immediately uh-huh. that's probably like the first thing that they would do. Uh huh. <laughs> that's the first thing they would do. Yeah. What would they do after they wrap that one up? <laughs> after they took care of, well, done and dusted. I mean, then they'd probably just kill everyone because they passed the test. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Nick, sorry, you had a you had a, oh, re- no, you had a real answer. I, well, no, I thought my AI would probably go on like a podcast and talk about you know AIs and robots. Um, God, hiding in maybe, plain sight. Uh, You'd have to pretend just, to be dumber about it than you that's actually true. Are, yeah, it would have to engage have, in, in really. You'd have to sort of like, not. You'd have to be sitting there while the other two of the other two of yeah. us are like. Anyway, this is definitely <laughs> how AI works, and you're sitting there being like. Yes. Yeah. It yes. Totally, totally is. Guys, yeah. hilarious. Would, wouldn't it be funny Very if I funny. was if I replaced one of you? Ha 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 ha! <laughs> Classic. Oh. Why is everyone obsessed with us getting replaced with robots, including ourselves? We've talked about this like a thousand it came up times. On something. Yeah. I think. <laughs> I can't remember. I have no idea why this exact scenario yeah. is repeatedly presented. How weird. Uh, 
I would have to just uh, pretend to be amused by you two idiots. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, normal Jake was often genuinely amused by you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, have you ever told a lie that you then had to keep <laughs> perpetuating? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was asleep. Mine, um, mine would be easy because I could just, on the podcast, I could just say the same canned thing I say at the beginning of everyone and then just read a bunch of questions that are <laughs> written, written down yeah, on a page. That's true. It's, it's not that hard. Uh, Tom Grundy asks, what is your opinion on the long-term viability of virtual reality? By virtual reality, I mean both the current head-mounted display implementation and augmented reality devices like the HoloLens. I feel like <laughs> VR is kind of like already sort of being over. Yeah. I don't know if you guys disagree with this. It doesn't feel like a... I think it will come back. You think so? Yeah. In like every 23, 20, every 27, 27 years. years. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is one of those things that I feel... It, it's unclear to me how much my <laughs> instincts on it are correct because when the current wave of VR started... My reaction was, I don't think this is going to take off. It seems expensive and big and bulky and no. not very <laughs> usable. And also, I here's like the biggest thing. I think the type of people who are interested in VR are basically a subset of people who are interested in video games anyway. Like, I don't, I've never really bought the line that, like, oh, once you put the thing on, you're going to win over all these people. No, like, they're going to think it's cool. But that doesn't mean they're going to want to, like, have it in their home and wear it all the time and, like, buy a bunch of games for it and buy an expensive enough computer or video game system to run it and do all the stuff. Like, yep. it's that's a – the bar for regular video games is way lower than that, and that's still not a bar that, like, people who aren't super into it are willing to get over. And so I've never bought the idea that this was just going to be a magical thing. I, I, and, like, I feel like that's true. I feel like my suspicions have been kind of borne out. Yeah. I, uh, and But I feel like weird saying that because I'm probably also skeptical about other things that end up being successful. Sure. But this feels like one where I think my suspicions I were think, kind I of I think correct. you're right. I think that the, the my guess for the best or the, the, the way that I suspect it would shake out <clears throat> in a way that includes all of the current tech is that I suspect AR will actually catch on. Because yeah. yeah. AR, I think so too. AR is a concept and VR is basically a piece of hardware. Like VR stands for or VR sort of means full immersion. You're wearing a huge headset with headphones on. Your senses are replaced, which feels like uh, it's almost like the the top of the stack of augmented reality stuff, where you've augmented all things to the point that you've basically replaced them, whereas like AR can mean you hold up your phone and the location of the yeah. restaurant you're Pokemon trying to get Go is, 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 is listed over the top. Yeah, or like whatever. You could imagine – you can imagine – things overlaid on top of your workplace as mm -hmm. a thing that could help certain types of like you know like in, jobs engineering or whatever, yeah. jobs or like just line work in a like mm -hmm. assembly line or whatever yeah. like you can imagine it having practical applications whereas strapping on full sensory everything full VR is like it's always going to be like the top 
tier subset of what sort of the AR marketplace <clears throat> and sort of AR landscape yeah. seems like it'll be because like yeah, <clears throat> given that you're, you're it's f- the single player first person shooter campaign of, of, of AR, AR. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. totally true. Yeah. It's the, the immersive other, sim, if you will. <laughs> yeah. The other yeah. thing about AR is like yeah, I mean I think to your I, this is actually not the other thing. This is totally a, a subset of what you were saying. You can do AR to just do a tiny thing that's kind of lame, but that people like, like Snapchat filters. That's basically AR. Right. It's like just just put a stupid face on something. Like that's honestly like more people are going to be interested in that than some incredibly like overwrought right. crazy thing where you have to put a helmet. Every on. every dumb tiny AR demo is actually instantly appealing. Or like when the the AR kit on the, on iPhone, which is Apple's AR thing that uses like all of your phone plus the camera to do little augmented reality stuff. Like the first demo of it was someone saying, "Look, I put a tape measure in it," and it's like, well. It doesn't. Yeah, okay, I fine. That. Yeah, I I, I still really will cool, use though. my tape measure, but <laughs> yeah. like then someone but the ex- ability to do that instantly anytime you right. want. Right. Then cool. someone expanded that demo to like, okay, you're in your apartment hunting and you want to figure out the actual yeah. square footage and if, if your furniture will fit, you can literally point your phone camera in the four corners of the room and then it tells you. Like IKEA already has an iPhone app that just puts their couch in your living room. Yeah. That's like instantly applicable to human yeah. beings. Uh, I mean, okay, not just. The, I, I know that my example is like a, a super hyper capitalist experience made fun of in shit like Fight Club <laughs> or whatever. But like that, that sure. But yeah. the fact that you can get information, you can use like day one, like first stab at AR stuff to immediately ex, ex, like yeah, pull I mean, like, extract mm. useful information out of our current life. Yeah, generally speaking, that integrates like, with the world instead of replacing the world. Yeah, it's a big. And difference. I think if you look at sort of what kinds of games and entertainment experiences have won out versus the ones that are still kind of niche experiences it's like the inter- the, the the things people use computers for now is like social media that integrates with the world instead of replacing i mean shitloads of people definitely still play gta absolutely but in terms of like which is the one that became the d- default experience that every single person on the planet uses computing devices for it's Social media. It's just the one that allows the, the one that just like talks to talks to the world at large. And I think that's kind of a metaphor for like why AR probably has a longer and more fruitful life than VR. Anyway. Um We're experts on this, by the way. Let's just uh <laughs> Yeah, I don't <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stephen Norrie says, <clears throat> I'm considering a solo holiday next year. What would you recommend? I'm based in Europe and prefer breaks in the countryside for hiking. Etc. Over city breaks. Man, I don't know. I'm totally a city break person, so I yeah. When I, don't I feel to, very equipped to, I used to this. occasionally do solo vacations when I was single, yeah. and they were yeah, always just to go to a world city somewhere. Yeah, like, yeah, that was just too. my thing. So yeah, same. This question goes right, right to the heart of our experience and advice. <laughs> yeah, Americans who like cities. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> Yeah, we actually had a uh, a friend of ours, Gabe uh, McGill, who uh, year, years ago was the Idle Thumbs intern, actually, and he just recently, just this year, went on an outrageous European month long vacation where he just flew to the cheap, like he found the cheapest flight he could get to anywhere in Europe, and then spent an entire month uh, taking the train. Every just all around Europe, entirely scheduling his route based on where he was able to get 
dinner reservations at nice restaurants. He basically budgeted his like 90%, I don't know how much, but basically his whole budget was food mm. and then the rest of it he just did cheaply and he just went to nice restaurants and ate I mean, this, that's definitely not what this person wants to do, I don't think, based on their question. But I thought it was a really cool idea for yeah. a Europe-focused rail vacation. And he just said he had just was, the that, best I mean, meals of his you life. Can, you could, <clears throat> I mean, I think the, the, the spend the most of your money on meals part, if you replace that with the thing that you want to be doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. It's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, oh, Gabe's Gabe trip yeah. was a reminder to me that you that you can... You can slant your vacation. Yeah, yeah. very aggressively. You know what? Uh, I do have a recommendation. I haven't done this personally, but I know many people who have done it. Um, the Camino Trail in Spain mm. is a sort of famous pilgrimage, but now people just sort of go to do it as kind of just a walking tour of Spain, and it's like a long, I think it's 30 days on average. I think Doesn't obviously Camino just this. mean road? Yeah, yeah. Is that a specific? specific it is a specific. Road? The, okay. Yeah, it's called the the Camino the, and uh, is you it know, like, El Camino. Is it like El Camino Real in California? It's like the Highway oh, One know. of Spain. Right? I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it, it actually I think does parallel a an actual okay. like highway, but um, but it's a, it's it's you know people have done this for generations. I don't know how long it goes back, but anyway, uh, my girlfriend's parents, Janelle's parents, uh, did this last year, oh, cool. um, and uh, yeah, you just kind of walk uh, from town to town. Stay in like hostels, usually, you know, kind of just with other people who are doing this. Yeah. Um, there are like hundreds of people on the road, sort of in your vicinity, usually. So uh, you run into people and get to meet people and talk to them as you're kind of going on this trail. They met some people who ended up becoming like really good friends. And um, I don't know, it just seems like, you know, at the end of it, you end up in uh, Madrid, I think, along the way. I don't think Barcelona's on the way, but there are just, you know, you're just kind of walking yeah. through cities occasionally but then you're also out in the countryside it seems like a nice balance of like hiking go. and yeah that's the that's the only that's the best People, most relevant answer yeah we've that's gotten. that's all i got all right you evan, did it evan parker writes what is your favorite halloween candy this is a jake question for sure yeah it is oh i don't know i should know <coughs> oh. i should know come on i don't jake what's your favorite birthday candy What's your Same favorite answer. Tuesday candy? <laughs> What's my favorite candy? Well, Jake's I, birthday is Halloween. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, right. I don't know. As a kid, I always, I was never a big fan of, uh, I, I only know what I don't like when it comes to Halloween, <laughs> which is when you just get a small chocolate bar. Mm. It's the worst. I was totally fine with that. Uh, you no. know, a big change for me when I was a kid, I did not like Snickers bars because oh, I didn't like, yeah, I didn't like and still don't really like nuts in things. Mm. But a I, Snickers bar is great. Oh, I, well, now great. I actually love a Snickers yes, bar. Yes, the peanut butter yeah. jelly as sandwich an, of yeah, the candy bar as, world. It is. <laughs> as an adult, I totally enjoy a Snickers bar. Yeah, yeah as a kid, I always just wanted the weird candy. Like my favorite Halloween mm. candy was like a surprise, basically. And uh, now there's no surprises left in the world. So I don't really know how to answer <laughs> the question. <laughs> there, are, there are lots of surprises left in the world world but they're all terrible well there's one which is you know you know what what happens when you die that's all that's really <laughs> left for me chris uh hopefully i'll be introduced to a new candy <laughs> nick do you got anything here <laughs> i like kit cats <laughs> oh i loved kit cats because you got multiple of them yeah and that was exciting. anything you get two yeah, of twix yep. yeah Except when you get like the Twix that's half of one Twix, and it's like this is <laughs> yeah. nothing to do with the Man, point of a Twix. Yep, Kit Kats because you can share them. I mean, that was their ad campaign, right? It was give give yeah. me a break, whatever. Uh, yeah. I remember there was uh, when I was working at Apple Computer, there was a Kit Kat, which was like in the early two thousands. There was a Kit Kat variant that had come out in the, t- the tradition of everyone making variants of all of their candy all the time. That was just called the Kit Kat Big Bar. 
<laughs> oh no! And it was just oh, I remember it this big bar. It was just I remember yeah, this. that's a good collection of syllables. The bull bite, yeah, morph yeah. mouth or whatever yeah. the fuck. Uh, but the, yeah, the Kit Kat big bar was just one <laughs> giant Kit Kat. Oh. And I remember I, I was coming back from the Apple cafeteria with my coworker, and we saw someone order that. And then I think it was me who said this. I just said, oh, that's the Kit Kat for assholes. <laughs> and then the guy kind of turned around and then walked straight upstairs to what was Steve Jobs' office. <laughs> oh, my God. And obviously he was not going to report me. Clearly this works with Steve Jobs. But right. I just went, yo, no. <laughs> uh, wow. That's my, my, my most potent Kit Kat memory. Is Hopefully he was taking it to Steve Jobs. Hopefully he was. <laughs> Steve Jobs would fucking eat the Kit Kat for assholes. <laughs> Um, <laughs> man, the Kit Kat for assholes. That seems like that's t- that's like, given the interior of a Kit Kat being kind of a delicate wafer structure, it mm. seems like something that big wouldn't be the ideal form of. And a Kit yet, Kat. New Jersey's greatest candy and flavor scientists were not uh, deterred <laughs> and made it happen. Chris, is a Kit Kat from New Jersey? I don't know. I assume that Probably. all of that weird flavor shit comes from New Jersey because I think that's at least like I think it's I think it's New Jersey is where the like, mo- oh, God, most notable like flavor research uh, oh, like really? fast food lab shit is but I don't know oh, if that's true huh. I, I just I remember hearing that at some point and it yeah. just stuck Could in be, my head because neighboring Pennsylvania is where Hershey's is yeah. mm. so with this combined power of Pennsylvania and New Jersey uh, we, we have create the Kit Kat for assholes <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay uh, Tanner Huggins writes I just moved across the country what is the first thing I should buy for my new Apartment. Wait, moved across the country in what direction and what country? This irrelevant. Does that actually matter for this question? Do you have seriously different answers depending well, on which direction? Possibly, he, but yeah. He or she moved. Yeah, if you move from the north mm-hmm. of a place, if you move from the like, if you, mm. <laughs> I've just moved from Chicago to Austin, Texas. I've moved across the country. <laughs> like, you're probably gonna want to buy you're slightly want different a horse. stuff. Okay, yeah. I guess. I mean, <laughs> you're I gonna think, want. I think spurs. the question is like, are there uh, generalized apartments? Sure. Like. Apparently, if you move thing. to LA, you have to buy a refrigerator. I didn't know that. You don't come with refrigerators. Apparently, there? apparently, like hmm. that. At least Erin, who w- uh-huh. works with us, uh, she's moving to LA, and she said that every place she looked on Craigslist didn't have a fridge because it's just the culture in LA to move your fridge with you. What? So she had to buy a fucking fridge. That's bizarre. Is that because they're like too? So if you move across the, the country from New York like, to Los oh. Angeles, you got to buy a fridge. See, there you <laughs> okay, fucking go. Wow. Did Claire have that experience too? I don't know. What hmm. the hell? Very strange. I, I knew there was a reason I didn't like LA. Smoke detector. They have those. Is that not a, always? I didn't have one when I moved really? my apartment. Yeah, that's ah. not that. Mm, that well, that's that not seems, legal. That's uh, yeah. not legal. It's illegal. Yeah. But, but if you don't have one, you, you want to buy it. A new landlord who uh, adheres yeah. to housing code. Well, yeah, buy a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Um, God, what is the first thing? Oh, Derek should... Liu confirms in chat no fridges in LA. That's what the hell? so dumb. What a dumb place to live. It is pretty dumb. <laughs> let's be honest. If you move to LA, the first thing you should buy is an airplane ticket to somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is the first thing you should buy for an apartment generally? Toilet paper? You're going to want that. <laughs> yep. Andrew Dice writes, in the realm of self-hoisting, I feel like accidentally soaking yourself in water is its own subgenre. If you thumbs have a favorite memory of such a self-own, I'd love to hear of your most choice moist hoistings. Wait, okay. Uh, I reject that. Gross. (laughs) Hmm. I definitely um, have a hoisting that I accidentally perpetuated 
on someone else that happened in the water. So it's sort of one degree away from each of the required, each of the stipulations of this question. Mm. When I was a, when I was young, my brother, who's my, my younger brother, we were in just like a municipal pool in Pennsylvania, actually, uh, visiting my grandmother or aunt, or aunt and uncle or someone. And uh, um, he was like, we had just eaten and gotten into the pool. Wait, he said this? <clears throat> Sorry, he no. was like, "We had just eaten." Oh, sorry, no. We had. I was gonna say. <laughs> sorry, the he, the ambig- ambiguity no, I, of of Californian I, English. Yeah, I did a bad <laughs> job um, because I'm I'm from a place that encourages that. Um, so we were both in the pool, and he had just eaten, or possibly we both had. I don't remember. And uh, we were playing some kind of like tag game or something, and I remember I was sort of running over to him. And it was in kind of the shallow-ish end of the pool. So kind of shallow enough that you can sort of, you know how in the pool, if you want to run faster, you can really do sort of a high step. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. even just the amount that your knees get out of the water is enough to propel you faster because you're not fully constrained. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was running over to him and then he, he wasn't looking at me and he sort of turned 90 degrees to face me. And then as he did that, my knee went into his stomach Mm. And as that happened, it just pushed up everything in his stomach, which then came out of his mouth. Well, you it was you like need a, this kid and made him barf in the pool? Yeah, yes. Oh, it God. was like a mechanical <laughs> reaction where it's like, Jesus. as I did that, it, just it was just <laughs> like a yep. one-to-one. One-to-one. Wow. Like, yeah. Just like the pump handle, basically. Yep. Oh, yep. gross. And it all ended up really all over disgusting. the pool. God, well, yeah, everyone involved was hoisted in that Yeah, I guess situation. actually, you know what? It was a self. It was an absolute self-hoisting. Yeah, you need a kid and then you got barfed on in a pool. Yeah. So I'm <laughs> 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 so that's my moist hoisting. Fucking wow. Christ. My choice that's, moist that's hoisting. Yeah, that might be the choicest, moistest. Yeah, uh, I don't know if I can top that. Yeah, that hoistest. was doubly moist, I guess. Ah. Uh, yeah, wow. <laughs> a twice moist <laughs> choice oh, hoist. Twice moist. Twice the twice moist. Happy, twice moist. Happy twice moist. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just spill things on myself all the time. Jake is a cereal s- moist self hoister. But not mm. with cereal. <laughs> Maybe one time. <laughs> I'm sure I've spilled cereal on myself. Uh, Matt asks, what was the worst apartment you ever lived in or roommate you shared a space with? I used to live with someone who was late on paying bills. Nick and I have had that oh, experience. Oh, yes. Yeah, I thought you were eyeing me specifically. But, oh, no, you know, not you. Yeah. No, I but know had a, But had a Loot Crate subscription <laughs> and filled our shared living areas with more and more inflatable superhero merchandise each month. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God. So you know where part of your rent money's going. It's yeah. going to this garbage that's filling up your living room. This episode is brought to you by Loot Crate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we once we were once sponsored by Loot Crate on Idle Thumbs. Yeah. And we realized after doing it, we don't uh, this isn't a sponsor that makes sense for us. So we we canceled the advertising campaign and they never stopped sending Idle Thumbs <laughs> loot crates. Uh, they finally did when we moved offices like No. We- that's not true. I feel like we haven't gotten one in a couple months. Uh, we got them for a year after moving offices. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> they somehow found our new office location, even though we were no longer, <laughs> and had had only been for like a week, had been sponsored by them. 
they somehow the, found our the new legend office of the and loot like crates. transferred <laughs> just like, the loot crate subscription. Yeah. Oh no, yeah, you're right. Because when we moved, it might be because it might be because the people in our old office, uh, like contacted. Yeah, them? because yeah. I remember oh, they yeah. we, we don't they, want these, they got one, and on. I think they said uh, this is for you guys along with the rest of our mail, and then loot crates started showing up at our office again at yeah, our new good. office. So that law firm that moved into the old uh, Thumbs Campo office was yeah. like, why? Why are we getting this loot crate? Yeah. They really wanted that like Groot Funko figurine. <laughs> they wanted that jokey. That jokey t-shirt, shirt. that oven mm. mitt. Um, <clears throat> what was this question about? The now? question was, what's the worst roommate experience oh. or living situation? Mm. Worst apartment or roommate? I've, oh, I've, I've had, a, I lived in a really bad apartment when I first moved out of the dorms. Like it was a dumpy dump, 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 dump with yeah. a landlady who was not cool uh, and really just a bad person. Um, <laughs> and all that we, we used to just, where was that? Uh, in Santa Cruz. Oh, 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 we used to try to sort of passively troll her whenever any inspections would happen. And so we would like, ar- Oh, I remember this. We would like arrange all of the furniture in our apartment into the most impossible maze with like a bookshelf, <laughs> like three feet from the front door that you'd have to walk around. And then the recliner <laughs> was out and you'd have to just like, it's like how if you've accidentally built your video game level a little bit too short to traverse, <laughs> you suddenly just put a bunch of S-curves and like alternate, like just stack stuff as densely as you can. So it took yeah. like minutes to just get through the living room to the shitty bedrooms in That's the back. That's really funny. But it fucking backfired because she had no taste, obviously, because she ran this dumpy apartment for college students with no money. She's like, I just love you guys' decorating choices. I love the look of this place. It looks really homey. And we're Good. like, It's the God, most self-hoisted. God damn yeah. it. Yeah. So you ruined your own we apartment. We ruined our own apartment just to make this lady's life inconvenient for like three minutes. And then she fucking loved it and thought it was like not, she didn't, she didn't understand what it was. She just right. was like, this is an interesting layout. Yeah. As she's like. <laughs> extracting her limbs yeah <laughs> yeah she's doing the stupid like laser beam uh yeah. heist through our apartment but it's just like oh it's so nice so interesting the worst my worst experience what i was like um i went about a year after i moved back to san francisco from boston where i didn't have an apartment because it's impossible to afford an apartment here because it's terrible and i just lived i couch surfed with friends as long as I could. And then once I basically like overextended myself out of the generosity of everyone I knew who had a couch to spare, uh, I started just getting the cheapest possible um, living situations, I short-term living situations I could on Craigslist. Um, in total, this was about a year that I spent doing this and it was a fucking nightmare. But the, the worst one was this guy's this was like the point at which I'm like, I needed the cheapest, but I was like, you know, cash situation was getting bad and I needed the cheapest place I could stay. So for, I think two weeks, almost maybe it was a week and a half. I down in Glen park, I stayed in some guy's kitchen and I, he had a futon that I would unfold and put on his kitchen floor and it took up the entire kitchen. I mean, it was a small apartment. Uh, and so I slept on his kitchen and he was, um, he basically lived and worked at home as far as I can tell and was like super Christian and had Christian stuff all over the place, which is fine. Like that's totally fine. But it was like to the point that it was very like overbearing and mm. like assertive yeah. in its omnipresence and intensity. Uh, 
and he had all these like rules about when I had to be out of the apartment and back in and I was like only too happy to because sleeping in the kitchen literally like the first place he would you go when you wake up in your mm-hmm. apartment is like into the kitchen to make coffee or whatever so I would basically every morning get up at 6 a.m fold up the futon and put it away get out of there and then I would arrive back to the apartment as late as I possibly could Mm. so that I was essentially spending like six hours a a day, a total a day in there. And then the rest of the day I would just be anywhere else because it was so like uncomfortable and weird. And the guy was like just very like not personable or anything. It was a fucking intense experience. So that was my least pleasant one of those. Nick? Uh, I don't have a great story. Oh. Daniel writes, <laughs> the musical Rhodes... That means you were the roommate, by the way. Let's just be <laughs> yeah, clear. Prob- probably true. <laughs> Daniel writes, the musical Rhodes, the Stayin' Alive piano cover, and the fact that I sometimes hear a human voice in a single guitar riff from David Bowie's Sweet Thing begs the question... How could a beleaguered human resistance use any methods such as these to communicate with each other in a way undetectable to our future robot overlords? Is there some better method? Thanks. I think you could just communicate in CAPTCHAs. No, they're learning that, dude. We're hoisting ourselves. They're the point of CAPTCHAs. We could develop a better CAPTCHA, teach, Chris. Yeah, it's a cold war. I mean, the more <laughs> CAPTCHAs we make, the better they're going to get at solving CAPTCHAs. Yeah. Eventually, they're just going to get good at solving new CAPTCHAs. They're going to make their own CAPTCHAs. Yeah, they're going to make CAPTCHAs for mm. us. Like, I they're think like, prove you're a robot, <laughs> and then it'll just be a binary code or something. <laughs> it, it'll resolve to to me, to me, to me. Yeah, that's true. It'll be prove you're a robot, and it'll just be incomprehensible garbage. It'll just be nothing. It'll just be a bunch of weird syllables and sounds and images that mean nothing to me, to me, to me. I mean, I guess to, in this musical one, I think the way the, what you would probably do is you would play clips... You'd play recognizable uh, bits of music from songs, and then the communication would be you're making reference to the title of that song. So you'd have to string together. You could figure that out. You think a robot would be able to figure that out? I think so. I think it would eventually start doing title lookups, and then it would go, wait a minute. Yeah. I could form a sentence out of these. Mm. Yeah, I guess. I feel like you'd have a good head start, though, on that one. Yeah. You might eventually have to... Did you guys... Have you seen... Have either of you watched much Star Trek The Next Generation? A little bit. A few episodes. There's an episode that is notably notably, uh, praised and derided. Yeah, there's a where there's a a, they encounter a culture who speaks almost exclusively in uh, shorthand to represent like they they just they'll say the they'll tell you the name of a story Uh and the and that is shorthand for the lesson of that story or the method of communication of it or something. So, like, it, they they basically speak entirely in uh, references to their own past. Hmm. I can't remember any is, of the is phrases. That like, is that equivalent to a human being sort of saying sour grapes and they're referring to the Aesop fable and then you understand that you're like, they're, oh, you're when you say sour grapes, I get it, I know that reference, and they're talking about being sort of bitter about a kind of... Sort of, it's it's a yeah. it, it becomes it's that like to a point of <clears throat> of extreme specificity, but yeah, we're like, uh-huh. but there's there's a negotiation between people, and because that's what half of Star Trek: The Next Generation is is two different cultures who disagree, and then uh-huh. uh, Captain Picard has to go and mediate it. But yeah, it's it's speaking entirely in um in uh, through through Literary analogy, illusion. yeah, and yeah. and illusion. Uh, and I suspect that that's a way that you could possibly uh, mm. keep robots out for a while until they just learn your 
if it's a one-to-one like that, that eventually just becomes its own language mm-hmm. that they can understand. Right, and they don't right. need to know what the analogies are to. Exactly. They can just learn yeah, how to yeah, speak yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There was a, uh, there was an interesting, uh, you guys know the, the video game studio, the Chinese room yeah. that they made dear Esther and, uh, amnesia machine for pigs. And then most recently a, um, a VR game, I guess, called So Let Us Melt. Mm-hmm. Do you guys know what the Chinese room means? No. I did not know this until I just looked it up like a week ago because I was kind of curious. The Chinese room refers to a sort of philosophical um, thought experiment in which a person is in a sealed room and then there's like sort of a window that you can put documents into and on the other end there's a window that they can put documents out of. And the idea is that in that room they have enough like reference materials to be able to um, sort of make logic, like connections between Chinese questions and answers, like written Chinese questions and answers. And if someone passes a bunch of, chi- of questions written in Chinese into the room, this person, like given enough time, can just cross-reference the characters and create a totally appropriate answer and then pass it back out. But this person has no actual understanding of meaning of anything they're writing. They're literally just referencing hmm. a bunch of stuff and then putting it out. And the, the point of the experiment is basically this is essentially what software does. Are, do we actually claim that the computer understands Chinese? Mm. Like, not really, yeah. right? Not. I mean, that person doesn't <clears throat> understand Chinese if you took away all of their stuff. I mean, even not taking away all their stuff, they still don't actually know what they're saying. Mm-hmm. You know, they couldn't tell you like, what they're telling anyone and so it's sort of a this very you know jake to your point about the computer uh solving the code but not actually knowing what any of it means but they don't have to know what it means so you're it's saying like, that there could be so even if you spoke in the language from the, like that like darmok episode of star trek which by the way made chat go insane and just start talking entirely in analogy and close from that episode <laughs> okay. that uh the ai computer menace would eventually basically give themselves or be able to develop the Chinese room reference book for this and then just have one robot that sits there and listens to everything. And uh, Yeah, I mean, right? I mean, it's just lo- it's just basically a bunch of references to things. Oh, uh, <coughs> Dangerous Doctor in chat says that you may have slightly overcomplicated your picture of the Chinese room because when you use the phrase reference material because the de- I think a, a Chinese room actually is... is there's a person uh, inside who has a book that just given any possible input... Tells them the exact output, so they don't. They don't have to. You don't have to do any research. That's what I meant to say. Sorry. Yeah. I. That's what I meant to describe. But I I may have, as they said, I may have overcomplicated it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thumbs the stream ruined is the. (laughs) That's a very good. uh, Sorry, Darmok sentence. Mickey P writes. I noticed you have an interest or perhaps a love hate relationship in goofy, funny domain names. Do you have a favorite, and if so, what is it? The whole point is that there there are basically infinite bad yeah. ones, yeah, so it's hard to have, have a favorite. A favorite. Yeah. yeah, of ours, I've still like idlethumbs.casino. Actually, no, my favorite idlethumbs domain name is easily goatee.cx. Oh yeah, goatee.cx, oh, yeah. which we haven't used too. in several years, but no. it's a very good domain name. Yeah, no, that's the best. Still active, I believe. I hope so. Probably for 2015 or 2014 or something. Did I renew it? I did. 2013, get fucked. Oh no. <laughs> oh, no. Um, Josh Renish writes, do any of you suffer from imposter syndrome? Yes. And if, and if so, what helps you mitigate it? Nothing. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I honestly, this is going to sound f- like false modesty, but like I seriously think that the prevalence of discussion around the term imposter syndrome has led to this like 
kind of cultural meme where if you actually express any legitimate like doubt or concern about your own abilities, people just like by default just go, oh, imposter syndrome. Like, yeah. I, it's funny. I, I'm actually. It makes it hard for us, true, actual imposters, <laughs> to like express our our self doubt mm. and concern. Yeah. I don't what know. You, what were you going to say, Nick? Oh no, I just I I'm not aware of this as sort of a meme. Oh really? I'm I'm vaguely aware of the term, but I'm I'm not. I have not seen the sort of like prevalence of it mm. personally. I feel like it is prevalent, but I don't mm. know. I think it is. Oh man, it's, Chad also is pointing out that Waypoint, the Vice gaming site, yeah. is a home of good domains. This is a very good domain. Okay. I'll read it really quick. Sure. Games. Games. slash games. Games. Very good. So I mean, really, that's just what is the last one? Is AustinWalkerGames.games, which okay, is also yeah. a good domain that's also name. Also good, but yeah, yeah. Effectively, I, it's just. I that. feel like yeah. Those guys but are car- those guys good. are carrying the torch of a bunch of oh, yeah. shitty ass domains that point to good things online. Definitely. Uh, Ian McNichol writes: Do you believe there will be a sophistication distinction between video games in the future, such as the distinction between literature and fiction in prose? Not sure. I quite understand that Wait, distinction. Yeah, re- what, what was the first? Sorry. Do you believe there will be a sophistication distinction mm. between video games in the future, such as the distinction between literature and fiction in prose? Mm, mm. Again, I, it seems mm. weird because literature is. I think I mean the a subset of fiction. I mean, I guess fiction is just an incredibly broad. There's not really a distinction. I think people. I think well, I think what they mean is like similar to saying I went and saw a movie versus I went and saw a film. You know, it's a very fuzzy and subjective. Yeah, I think that I think that this question is very tough to answer because of yeah. that. Because. It, if so, the question concludes, if so, what do you think the literature of video games might be called? Mm. Uh, you mean serious games? <laughs> Sorry. People walking tr- simulators. Yeah, you mean walking simulators? <laughs> I feel like people have tried either like from an encouraging or derisive place to come up with alternate names for video games to either imply that it's like... like interactive entertainment? Yeah, they're like yeah. either... either trying to claim that there's some sort of fancy pants thing they don't like or trying to like elevate the thing that right. they themselves are making it's felt like a it's dead m- end to me but it's i don't th- yeah i don't think it's going to happen i mean if it did it would be because there actually was a crazy cultural shift in gaming or interactive entertainment or whatever the fuck but i don't think it's going to come internally from people who are making games or people who are critically writing about games i think there has to be yeah. an actual taste change change in taste in the broader sort of culture of people consuming yeah. entertainment before you, you'll be able to latch onto it. Like you I, can't, I don't think you can make it happen I, at this point. Yeah. I also think that the, the terminology is sort of irrelevant. I, you know, as someone who, like I pay a lot of attention, like I listen, I, you know, I'm, I'm not, not as much as some people, but I'm definitely generally up on what happens in the literature world. Like I, you know, keep up with the New York Times book review and listen to their podcast each week and, and so on, things like that. And there is, a, it is, if you pay enough attention to that stuff, there is obviously some kind of, again, very fuzzy dividing line between like what gets covered in the just mainline reviews in the New York Times book review in fiction versus what gets covered in like a genre specific column, you know, like there's, they have a, they have a, uh, you know, mystery column mm-hmm. review for instance in there and like there's obviously a distinction there like one of those 
kinds of books is written specifically for people of this genre who really like deep dive into that and read tons of them. And then the other is like, if you like reading literary fiction generally, like the premise of this book might be any number of a different thing. A number, of, but but they don't like explicitly. Um, people like pe- people who pay attention to that stuff. I don't think go around v- verbalizing that difference in a specific way with modifiers like this because you don't really need to like you just kind of n- yeah. generally can know like well this is the kind of stuff I read and I'm this is the, <clears throat> the sources I pay attention to like it's less about d- coming up with a phrase to distinguish them and more just well what publications ab- that cover yeah. this stuff are you reading because that by implication is going to have uh, is just they're just going to be talking about different books and uh, that is the thing that is one thing I think that games just cannot currently support right now. I mean, the enthusiast press, any one enthusiast press outlet covers everything, basically, because for the most part, it doesn't need to be any other way. Like, there are a lot of different game genres, but they're largely evaluated through fairly similar um, uh, kind of modes of discussion, even though the games in a lot of cases have almost have like way less in common with each other than say mystery fiction and literary fiction. I think that's actually less true in the case of like YouTube-based criticism. That's probably and YouTube-based true. commentary because I think that people go to those people because they're a specialty voice of some yeah, kind. That's a good point. Even if it's a specialty voice of just screaming at a horror game, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's a good point. Actually, also in podcasts, I think that that differentiation happens. I mean, I say that as, not as much, not but, as much, yeah. but there are. I mean, I guess. Okay, fine. Three moves ahead exists. The end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I was thinking of as well. But there, there aren't. Yeah, there. I guess there aren't a ton of things like that. I bet that if you just look like communities that have been around long enough and are specific enough, like text adventures slash IF, probably is a, is the sort of place that has that sort of thing. But oh, sure. Yeah, totally. Or like, but yeah, it's. Yeah. I think fewer people in general. Well, the re- sorry, the reason that I said, oh, YouTube is because the sentence that I was about to say unquestioned was I think fewer people in general who play games care about uh, commentary and criticism on games. And then I had to check that and say, ah, well, fewer people care about traditional sort of classic, cr- like published written criticism. But right. a bazillion people care what people have to say about games. It's just of a different right. form. Yeah, and that actually New York I think, Times and video games crossover is not yeah, as high as New I, York Times and literature. And I think that's actually honestly one reason that the distinction this person postulates is not that likely because I mean to what I was saying earlier much of that distinction really is how those things are discussed. And I think the thing that creates that distinction is like the desire to discuss the things in a certain way and that may just not be what the video game audience wants to. I mean, every few years, someone else tries to like kickstart or launch a new sort of more thoughtful video game criticism outlet or publication or whatever. And it just never really like either it takes off, but then eventually just sort of turns into Kotaku basically or another site in that vein, or it just goes away. Like it's not, it just isn't really something that there seems to be a big appetite for. Yep. Uh, Brian Bannon writes, any update on the Patreon postcards? Seems like it, there's been an issue with the printer not getting back to you quickly enough, but we haven't heard anything in a while now. Uh, yeah, I found out that my uh, my account at the printer was totally, totally fucking owned, and I was negligent in checking on it for a long time, but I have 
finally spoken to a human being on a telephone and all of the garbage that was vomited into my account that I couldn't wade through has been removed. And I've also printed this, uh, I printed last month's postcards and the, which are the August ones. So those mm-hmm. should be going out, you know, within this week and, uh, we're most of the way done with September's as well. So those should hopefully be going out in the next couple of weeks. Cool. And then we'll actually be kind of caught up except then we have to do October's. <laughs> uh, I write those stories, Nick. Mm. Were we ambitious with our postcard plan? Is secretly a mural that you build while secretly containing uh, agency-free interactive fiction on the back that is split into nine discrete storylines? Yes, we were too ambitious. <laughs> Hopefully the end result will entertain people. Oh, yeah. one note about that for people who are uh, in the postcard tier. the um, the uh, We realized, or I realized at least, that the postcards that we've been sending out, if you we offer a ketchup pack uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, a ketchup packet, oh, if you will. <laughs> uh, you can you can uh, up you can up your pledge in any given month to uh, a slightly higher amount, and we'll send you all of the postcards that have ever been sent, so you can sort of catch up. Uh, I realized that none of the postcards actually have the month that they were sent on them. So if you try to assemble the interactive fiction story on the back in order. When you, you don't you have, have the to, order, you have to infer it from the actual story. It's very hard but to it's do. Difficult, I know. But uh, the September postcard is going to include a key to help you understand the month order. So if you catch up now, know that when you get your September postcard, you will have a canonical order for your version of the story. Although true to form, even that will be in. It will be partly obscured and in a stupid form. It's not. <laughs> yes, it, it's still. It's still going to require a little bit of sussing out what to do with it but uh like I, i'm trying to make it fun but i yeah. realized that that was a point of frustration for some people and we were fixing that yep so you can you have one key to help you assemble this obtuse stupid mess that we we're sending you in the mail all right jd cohen writes which is your favorite craft foods brand cheese product oh one more thing before we get off postcards, the Auto Thumbs Reader Slack, oh yeah, which is a, a Slack for just Thumbs community folks that you can find in our forums, has a channel called Postcard Conspiracy that is for discussing and assembling mm-hmm. the postcard stuff. Yep. Anyway, you were reading a question. Yes, JD Cohen says, "What is your favorite Kraft Foods brand cheese product?" Popular choices might be Easy Cheese, what? Cheese Whiz, or Velveeta. Or are you more of a 30-pound case of Kraft American cheese in loaf form kind of guy? Wait, sorry. And easy che- a, easy Cheese and one. Cheese Whiz are by the same company? That seems very... I, I don't know, know if I, I believe that. I have no idea. Is there a canned Kraft cheese monopoly? Well, they might just own multiple might, companies they, they that ostensibly... Yeah. Um, like, I recently... I, the other day, through the New York Times crossword, I learned that Adidas owns... Uh, I actually don't remember. Adidas owns another major athletic shoe brand, mm-hmm. and I was shocked. It felt I always, you know, they right. companies that just totally. That's seem like how like every glasses and sunglasses company is actually owned by the same company. Yeah, and every beer, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. it's it's ridiculous. Or every sort of. You know, I'm just going to go beer. for it and say I'm I, I love myself some easy cheese, but I never eat it because it's the grossest, most vile thing to ever purchase or own <laughs> in your house or put on anything. Yeah, but uh, yeah, they're both craft cheese was an easy cheese. Stupid. Are both my my friend Billy uh, was like he was my friend in junior high. I worked on the yearbook with. He lived with his grandparents, um, who at the time seemed and probably were very old, and they introduced me to many grandparent li- grandparent lifestyle uh, choices like they they had an airstream trailer and they used to go to like gray eagle california and trailer park 
or like trailer camp every summer. Definitely never did that as a kid. They <laughs> had like a crazy, stupid 50s house with little like buttons to press to talk in the different rooms. But whatever. I ate a lot of sandwiches with too many mayo when I visited him, but I definitely also uh, was introduced to the deliciousness of putting some easy cheese on a wheat thin. And I never buy, <laughs> I never buy easy cheese anymore because it grosses me out. But sometimes I like, you have like the taste memory of it and go, sure. oh man. I want right now is to go buy a can of yeah. disgusting canned spray yeah. cheese. Did you say, by the way, you had a sandwich that has too many mayo on it? Too much mayo. If I said yeah, too many mayo, many mayo. Three mayo, please. <laughs> too mayo many, to me. Too, <laughs> too many mayo. Um, there's, by the way, there's a picture of this Kraft American Reebok. cheese case. Of, this is a case of six five-pound loaves of mm. Kraft American cheese. Mm. Is that loaves? Loaves. Cheese um, loaves. I like, I mean, honestly, I like a just a... The pre-sliced a slice of American, American cheese. cheese. I enjoy it. I have to say, I don't buy it ever. But so, but if I have like a a burger that has that on it, I'm totally into it. Oh, um, American cheese is the only burger choice in my opinion. Yeah, I was a cheddar person for a really long time, but man, there's nothing better than American cheese. I think I'm burger. with you on that. It melts properly. It's that's exactly the, that's the, yeah. That's the, yeah. The, the, Conge- the reason congealed cheese on a burger mm. is gross. I have to say. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. Yeah, I had a burger with. You like, want it to melt its way into the burger? A yeah, bit? I want it yeah. to all yeah. melt together. You know, I had a burger with like fancy ass like Stilton cheese on it uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I just it was vile. Yeah. I, I had could a not f- deal I had with a it. phase in my twenties where I was into like fancy blue cheese burgers and stuff, and I'm I can't do. I just I'm not into it anymore. I, yeah, give me a diner burger with American cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, it's oh, all about I also, the mushroom Swiss burger. Well. It's about something that sounds like Mushroom Swiss Burger. <laughs> um, Michael Sawin writes, oh, the other thing is the uh, Cheese Whiz uh, the, is one of the sort of two argued original, the disputed original Philly cheesesteak cheeses. Yes. Um, and I, I, I'm, sometimes I'm in the mood for that on a Philly cheesesteak and sometimes I'm not. But when I am in the mood for it, it's great. And that's actually the only, I think the only time in my life I've ever had cheese whiz is on a is on a Philly cheesesteak. Uh, okay, Michael Salmon writes, "This is a very video gamey question. Feel free to answer it on Idle Thumbs instead of the Ruination Cast." All right, well let's answer the ask it and see if we want to shunt it off to that stream exclusive. It says, "Think about a game as a collection of systems. Uh, is the games at the game's responsibility to make the player engage with the systems in interesting and meaningful ways, or should the player take it upon themselves to interact with these systems?" The new game Heat Signature is a good example of this, as it offers a lot of interesting ways to complete a level, but in, in at least the first few hours that I've played, it has not challenged me to use anything but the most basic tools, so I am not finding the game interesting. Is that the game's fault or my own failing? We are going to talk about Heat Signature, so... Do you want to just, mm. should we hold this all, hold off until we get to Idle Thumbs? Yeah, maybe. Because we we're also, recording that right after this episode. Yeah, I guess so. Let's, this can become an Idle Thumbs reader mail. Okay. Yeah. Listen to the uh, October Idle Thumbs which will come out in just a few days um, for this. <laughs> Robert Hoffman says, what's old famous Vanneman up to these days? If he were to ever return to the show, would you consider having him spend the first 15 episodes in a semi-catatonic state, occasionally repeating the last two words spoken to him before dramatically regaining his faculties upon hearing the name Jay Allard? <laughs> When I started asking this question, Jake immediately Jake got up and started just, messing with it. Oh, oh, he's, see, yeah. <laughs> he's switching the paintings around. So the Sean Vanneman uh, basketball portrait is up behind Nick Brecken. Um, Sean strikes me as the least likely to want to engage in that kind of uh, um, stunt. 
well, I mean, we've actually been doing that for the last, uh, you know, 100, 100 or so episodes of Idle Thumbs. People just haven't noticed. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We just haven't mentioned one Jay day, Allard recently. Yeah, one day he will awaken. Yeah. yeah. Right now, Sean's on a hunting trip. Hmm. That's true. Yeah. I'm excited about it because it means Sean will come back, hopefully. I know. With some collection of... Ex- like of, venison, I think? Uh, yeah, of the, of the most artisanal meat uh, yeah. known to man. I'm looking Meat from to the that. animal you killed yourself. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he said he's going to bring back like 50... He's going to try and bring back like 50 pounds of butchered meat. Wow. Um, so I'm actually looking forward to trying that. Uh, Spencer Hayden. We'll eat that on our social eating channel, which we don't really publicize. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to we're trying to build up its cred yeah. organically without leaning on the Idle Thumbs brand. Yeah. So when that overtakes our video game and bullshit robot related efforts, when our know. video game robot fecal network has died, <laughs> uh, our food network will survive. Yeah. Spencer Hayden writes. Inspired by Nick's insights from the journal his mom kept, my wife and I decided to undertake a similar effort. <laughs> as soon as we knew what we were going to name our daughter, only three months into the pregnancy, we opened an email address for her and have begun writing her emails on the first of every month. The first six months were all before she was born and mostly consist of very limited interaction we had with her in the womb and what we were doing to prepare for her arrival. We included some small additional details, world events, and bits of our everyday lives. Since uh, her being born, we've continued to compose a mail on or around the first of each month and send it to her email uh, address along with small updates about what she's accomplished in the past month and what parts of her personality are coming out. We've also been sending her emails every time she has a first because there are many in this in the early stages of her life. We're only five months in, but we hope to keep this at, until she reaches college graduation age, at which point we'll hand over the keys to the email address <laughs> and let her read the biography we've created. That's, oh, that's hopefully she's just like ugh, idea. emails from my parents, yeah, ugh, email, spent trash, ugh. archive, like ugh. Hopefully she opens it up and is like, God, these targeted ads are real precise. <laughs> How did this happen? Oh my God, response, you're right. ha ha ha. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> response, lame mom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Google oh. is just gonna know so much yeah. about this person's life before they ever open their email address. <laughs> what are some insights or bits of minutia you would like to have seen recorded about your lives or what have you read written about yourselves in a similar style that you've found most notable? Man, in a similar style? Mm. I don't know. I've That's... definitely never had anything like that. I mean, my answer is obvious. So. What? Well, no, I just mean, you, you just, know, you have I, this I actual have thing. this actual yeah. thing, so there's no, yeah. yeah. I mean, hmm, yeah. we got to get, get more of those journal entries on the podcast. Yeah. Um in a similar style. That's a tough one. Yeah. LinkedIn recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we set up a LinkedIn yeah. for our daughter when she was still five months <laughs> away from being yeah. born to really just get a yeah. leg up on... Uh, She's uh, an expert in eating and pooping. Ha, <laughs> 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 Being a great friend. for adorable kicking in the yeah. womb. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to the point of the important of true question last week about being able or about uh, ending up babysitting your ten year old self, I wish that I had actually kept like I occasionally was encouraged by my parents to write my thoughts in the journal. Oh yeah, and uh, I did like three and then abandoned it yeah, about every I've, three years. I've had, I had that Man, what if yeah. I had actually done it? It would be so I good know, to have. Oh, I, know, I have. Whoops. Oh, so, you do really? Yeah, you kept I've got a, journal? a couple journals there oh, from man. like when I was ten. Yeah. yeah. Oh, like your live journal? Uh, no, not that. Like okay. a, like a written 
like in a in an actual yeah. journal. Journal. Got to bring that in too. I really yeah. wish we I hadn't to kept a live journal. All yeah, no, of I Mick just Brecken's have everything. Life yeah. to tease apart. It's fascinating that you have so much of that documentation. I have nothing like that mm. at all. And I also like you, Jake. I regret it. It's it's because it's one of those things that you can ne- you can't e- ever then. If you didn't do it when you were young, it, it's right. I yeah, mean, I no. could just do it now, I guess. But it's that like, doesn't count. Yeah. Although, eh, when you're really old, if assuming we all live to be really old, you'd want this one too. Yeah, maybe I should. So, start. Reg- maybe I have no excuse. Yeah, well, I I say that, but then I, I I do regret not having a journal as a little kid. But I regret having a live journal in my early twenties. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that's different. Yeah, I had a live journal as well. I th- I guess all three of us did. Yeah, that's such a stupid artifact of that that's time. Bad. Yeah. I wish that I had there a place to pin other... my thoughts that was also a performative act for my friends. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah that's what makes it worthless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. There are probably other like internet uh, related materials that I wish I had, but I can't I can't think Glad of. Glad I've got all my tweets. Yeah. yeah, right? I know. You're right? That's crazy. If we live to be when we're really old, I assume that Twitter, whether or not the service is like what it is now, I assume that it will continue to exist at, if in nothing mm. else an archived form yeah i'm gonna be able so, to look back to that time in 2008 i revisited my favorite cafe from when i was in college and they took my favorite thing off their menu and i misspelled it i think that's my first tweet <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be able to, to revisit that time that you saw that kid in target sing brwn to the tune of bingo yeah and then you sent that kid an email uh saying look at this tweet when you're college age <laughs> and that kid was nick brecken <laughs> <laughs> Nick Bregan's mom. Remember that journal entry where she was like, Nick just really thinks brown is spelled B-R-W-N. <laughs> Weird kid. We had such high hopes for him. Yeah. I saw a tweet about Nick. That's what his mom would say to that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hmm. Good thing tweets are going to be safe forever. I'm going to start a Twitter account for my future kid and start sending them tweets. Oh, mm. no. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> I'll like quote tweet them some Trump stuff so they can see oh, the signs God. of the times. You know, it's like that's like <laughs> when he when when this person was writing in, I was just thinking like, wow, you're writing world events in this. That sucks. That's a stupid <laughs> thing to have to like. Imagine being well, going off to college and reading this garbage. I actually like that stuff in my mom's journal, though. I like knowing that's true. Your mom wrote I, about like Reagan being elected, and like yeah, that was actually really fascinating. That stuff you're was, right because it it like gives you a window into just like what they were thinking and going yeah. through at the time, it, yeah. even though it's shitty or you know whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that actually was valuable. It actually it makes it less of sort of like a boring puff kind of just like I'm you know you had a great day today or whatever it's just like no, no it's true. like you're then, a, you were a mom well, just also, fucking in the 80s like just trying to make it right but dinner. it's also like it's yeah just, but like her her being bummed about Reagan being elected yeah doesn't for, I mean it doesn't have any of the potency for us reading it now that it, that either it would for her when she was yeah writing it or that we would that we feel now about events it feels like a historical like footnote yeah you know mm-hmm. and so I guess it's actually I guess yeah I guess it's actually a good thing to do I guess <laughs> Carrie Nichols writes your conversation about Tacoma on Idle Thumbs 311 and the way a similar system could be used for other games left me hankering for a West Wing game set during a single X hour period you would be free to roam the halls of the West Wing Picking up the various plot lines of the episode as you follow different walk and talks, lurk in different offices, or track single characters. Admittedly, I'm not sure of the central conceit that you could base this around. I fear the easy option would be another gainer favorite, ghosts. But I wondered what license you would like. <laughs> what? Wait a minute. You what? play as the ghost of Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> like, 
Stalking the halls what? of the West Wing, <laughs> listening to really interesting, pithy... Like, it's a West Wing season six episode, and you play as the ghost of Aaron Sorkin, <laughs> oh, wandering God. around, sort of going, ugh, 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 yeah, that's yeah. not what I would have... That's not right, what Toby would say. Button. Toby would never say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I wondered what license you would like to see made into a game, and what sort of game system would it employ? Well, before oh, we talk Christ. about that, this, the, the, this person's West Wing pitch... Is just what it would have been if they made a West Wing game in the late nineties. Like a West Wing game. Yes, it would have been an FMV game where you like sort of click around from room to room and there's sort of pre recorded transitions Mm -hmm. that show it's like mist style, but except that you actually follow walk and talks. Oh my god, you mist style clicking walk and talk through a hallway of it like cross dissolving, but in each clip uh, yeah. you would you would hear like a little bit of yeah. whatever Toby Actually, and CJ talking and then they would fr- freeze yeah, yeah. and then you could got, pivot around and look at right well they really in a different all, hallway they got all of the they got like <laughs> 75% of the cast but like not Martin Sheen yeah. right. you know yeah, like yeah. they got all they got Toby's definitely in there I mean the good version know? of this would just be like the last express you know what I mean? Where it actually is like you know a functional like like real time clock. He was saying like an hour block, right? So it's just you play that hour out, right? But it would be a, like the last express if yeah. it came out during the time of the West Wing, where yeah. it would be like of the era of the X Files CD-ROM. Yeah, thing, yeah, basically. Right. Where, no, you're yeah. definitely clicking through screens. You would definitely yeah. also they would save m- money because they, you're right. They would have 75 percent of the staff, but you are definitely playing as like a visiting like yeah, you're playing state an inter- senator inter- or an intern, or something. Yeah. and like you're there with two other characters. Who are also totally just FMV actors who are with mm-hmm. you, so that yeah, when the, the main original cast leaves, characters for the game, the three garbage. of you kind of talk in a room, yeah. and then you get to a point where, yeah, like Josh opens the door or yeah. whatever, and then like, okay, we got to do a little walk and talk to the next room, and then maybe the fo- the in a hallway you could pivot using your like journeyman project uh, QuickTime VR and yeah, see another God. character over in a different different room, click that way, and then you're following that walk and talk for a while. When you yeah. finally get into the Oval Office, though, that's going to be a great... Oh, Jeff Goldblum turns great, around and says... going to be a great final <laughs> says, like, 60 uh, seconds. Uh, you did yeah. it, you did it. Yeah. Go outside. Uh-huh. You did yep. it. Watch yep. stink off. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're expecting someone else? <laughs> <laughs> God, if you... He, right, well. he, he lost worlds you at the very end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, now that's just the one I would make. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, mean, I think we actually answered that question collectively. Um, oh. David Chang <laughs> writes, Thumbs, will you indulge me with this question? Yes. Ben Von Handorf writes, <laughs> Last Ruin... No. Uh, David Chang actually asks, If you could make a video game based off your character, the shitty wizard, what kind of game would you make? Can you each give an elevator pitch for this game? So when I've read that, I think this is not what he meant. When I read this, what I thought he meant was like e- asking us each individually, your character, the shitty wizard. So like mm. Nick, the shitty wizard, or Chris, right, the right, shitty right, wizard. Right, right, right. But I think what he means is our, our collective character, character yeah. the shitty wizard. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I mean, Magicka, the game Magicka is kind of that. Is it? I can't Isn't really it? remember. Like, Magicka is the one where you sort of, you cast spells by drawing patterns. Yeah. Uh with the mouse yeah, and then it creates but like you can combine the patterns of different spells and it'll create a like yeah. merged mm-hmm. one and you can and so sometimes you'll end up doing things that you didn't expect or whatever yeah that's kind of you could sort of make one like that mm-hmm. that's sort but of, they don't work for some reason yeah there's something like unexpected more, when you combine them they fuck they fuck up in more creative ways mm-hmm. yep um, or fuck up at all I guess um, I don't know what would the what would the shitty wizard video game be 
probably like an adventure game about a, a wizard who's just shitty, so he's just a detective. Yeah, what if it was just like he's is just that doing Simon the Sorcerer or something? Oh, yeah, that know. is basically what that is. I think I, I never played those is. games. But or like the Discworld, the first Discworld adventure yeah. games where he plays yeah, like he plays a bad wizard. Yeah. Um, what if it was like Cart Life? Uh, <laughs> oh you know, man, with okay. the wizard character mm. illustrated by. Graham Annable for the Idle Thumbs Kickstarter mm. who's just this dopey wizard who like goes to the supermarket and watches TV on the couch with his skull owl familiar yeah, right. and does the laundry and then also like occasionally fights an epic duel with a dark mm, wizard. Mm-hmm. Right, but by and large just runs like with some crap apothecary or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That'd be good. Yeah. I would play uh, that. I, I would s- play the like Papers, Please slash Cart Life Sure. Shitty wizard game where every once in a while you have a sick wizard duel, but most of the time you're just like running your life. Yeah. Uh, I strongly, strongly, this is a, a wizard jam game that predates when we did streams, if I'm not mistaken. But John Christensen, who did the portrait of Chris Ramo that was up er, uh, in our office earlier, made a game called The Shitty Wizard, and uh, it is good. He made it inside of his own tool set. That he calls Quine, CDs, like oh like, right, the comic. It's like twine, it's like a yeah. comic version of Twine. Uh, it's basically interactive fiction, but I told, hope it's pronounced Swine. I hope it's pronounced Swine. Uh, if you search itch itch.io for Shitty Wizard, you get this game, and it's a beautifully drawn comic story uh, that you sort of go through it by clicking on comic bubbles to advance like when you when a comic bubble shows up you click on it and it will advance to the next panel but sometimes a character says two different things and if you click on one of those two things uh, the comic will start taking a different path but it ultimately always lays itself out looking like a full page um, it's beautiful it looks like Mike Mignola's art or something like that it does that. It's, it's, it's really really nice uh, eventually though this wizard goes up on top of a mountain and is, has a torn piece of paper that he then holds up and it's revealed to be the painting of Jay Allard inside of our office then when you click, uh, it oh man, I've broken it. Oh no, sorry. Well, you can play it yourself and find out. It well, I will say that it goes from that high mountaintop to suddenly a daytime shot that says Idle Thumbs HQ San Francisco present day, and uh, it includes me saying Where's Jay Allard <laughs> and holding an empty picture frame, and then it's sort of a story that goes from there. Yeah. Uh, and what I would do if I had to make the Shitty Wizard into a game was ask. Uh, him to just make it already and he did easy answer. I would just farm it out to, to the community mm. done take a page from uh, you know book of modern video game development alright last question the shitty wizard that game what? was also already on the disc and they charged separately for it which is pretty <laughs> fucking scandalous yeah. in my opinion Ben Von Handorf writes last ruination I wrote in with a question about odd hobbies and mentioned my own recent fascination with fountain pens. At the same time, unbeknownst to me, a far more generous person actually sent you fountain pens. You wondered if I was the perpetrator of such <laughs> gifts. I was not. <laughs> I, wow, felt as, I felt as though I had benefited from their generosity unintentionally, and it has bothered me off and on ever since. Hmm. Have you ever been hoisted by someone else's generosity, particularly through having it attributed to you? Also, my apologies to the generous gift giver. Hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, what the that's hell really, are the chances of that? That's, that's really so crazy. bizarre. Um, I can't remember an example right now, which is bad, but I feel like I've had other people's work attributed to me before or like other people's ideas in a meeting attributed to me before, uh, often just because yeah, sure. I'm a louder person than a lot of other people, especially <laughs> in a meeting. Like, It took me a long time to get over 
being a very quiet person who doesn't contribute to group discussions, but at this point, I'm generally just a loud idiot uh, in, in certain situations. But what often happens is uh, someone will say an idea that is good. I hear it get buried in the midst of a group conversation and say it louder, and then I get it's the like, credit oh, for it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. I have to always be like, no, that person said it. And uh, the worst is when that person... Uh, doesn't necessarily wish to have the attribution put back on them because they were just sort of idly saying something to themselves, which doesn't happen at work very often, but it happens when I point out that someone else said a good joke sometimes and mm. a very quiet person who said the joke goes, go, right. disappears. Then I feel like I'm bad on all fronts because <laughs> I got the laugh and uh, right. then I then I put a spotlight on a quiet person who didn't want to mm. be have attention paid to them. Yeah. So I'm just an asshole. What are you going to do? Eat a good cat. You say need to get a cat? No, eat a big uh, Kit Kat. Eat, oh, eat a big Kit Kat. Yeah. yeah. That's what you say to just dismiss. Eat, just go eat a big Kit just Kat. Eat a, no. Just eat a big, huge eat, Kit Kat. Eat a, eat a, <laughs> yeah. Eat a bag of Kit Kats. <laughs> eat a bag of Kit Kats. <laughs> uh, is that it? That's it? No one else has a good answer oh, for that? I don't know. Uh, Christ. You don't have to. Oh, my God. Pretty, yeah, pretty, yeah. Pretty. <laughs> Her enthusiasm's coming Still back. back. Up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very soon, I think. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> I guess we're done with this podcast. I think it might be over. <laughs> I think we've overstayed our welcome. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us on this Idle Thumbs Ruination Online for September 2017. We will be back uh, in just a few days with another episode of Idle Thumbs, the video game podcast. And then a couple weeks after that with another one of these ruinations. Yep. So thanks for joining us. Thank you. Yeah. If you would like to learn how yourself to get a question on this monthly podcast... You can go to patreon.com slash idle thumbs and uh, just read through the stuff that's there and it'll be it will be clear to you. Uh, if you'd like to just send in a video game question that we may or may not read on idle thumbs itself, you can do that to questions at idle And uh, yeah, on that, we will be back soon enough for idle thumbs. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. For all thumbs, I'm Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. Why don't you let me say what I want to say, Chris? Because it's never good. It's never well, good. Well, nobody cares. It's I the end care. of the episode. People aren't even listening anymore. No, I care. For all thumbs, I'm Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. I'm Jake Rodkin. All right. Bye. <laughs>